entrepreneurship is going to bring you or bring out of you what's there. It's going to show you who you really are. But in the same way that the entrepreneurship shows you who you really are, it is also just like you mentioned, man, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. If you're waiting in line and there's that anxiety, that worry, you get in the seat and it's kind of like, oh, God, I have no idea what's about to happen, but I know I'm quietly going to love it. This is exciting. This is thrilling. And then boom, it's over. It's kind of like, whew. Hey, what's going on? Is your host, Tolu Oyemi, doing the most? Let's get to it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Now back to the episode. Hey, what's going on, my masterminders? Welcome to another beautiful day, man. I'm super excited for this one. Super excited for everybody that's tapping in, listening to the podcast. We got Coach Evan, aka Coach Ev in the house. Success coach, publishing coach. I'm talking pastor, preacher, speaker, and more importantly, somebody that's focused and determined to help everybody live up to the true versions of themselves. Man of God, man. Thank you. Welcome, man. No, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm super, super, super honored to be a part and to just have a bomb conversation about some powerful stuff that we all need to hear. Exactly, man. And look, I, I wish you guys had listened to maybe the first 10 minutes because we were already cutting up, man. And to kind of give you guys like a hash of what we were talking, we were just talking about black women yeah. and how powerful they are. And the, the, the I said that Forbes said that black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And to be honest, I, I love that. And I'm seeing it from the real Judy Booties, the Super Senate, the Ronnie Browns, the Mink. There's so many of them out there that have just built these astounding brands, have just connected, have created that community, that tribe. It, it's amazing, man. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just like you, man. I love to see it. Uh, I come from a household and with strong black women who are brilliant, who are intelligent. So what we're seeing with the super sense and all of them, it's beautiful to see, but I've been seeing it my entire life and I've been celebrating it my entire life. And I think it's our job as black men to encourage that and to push that and to push them. But then most importantly, jump in the river too, because they're out here making it. They're making it happen. And we love to see it. Um, they, they've definitely been matriarchs and been the backbones of our families for years, and they're never going to stop being that. But now we get a chance to see them really thrive and to flourish and bring, bring their passions, their personal passions to life. Because so often, you know, black women have always taken the role of raising the family and taking care of home and always have put their own individual beliefs or goals and dreams to the side. But now we're in an era where we literally can see women do it all. And it's beautiful to see. Yeah. And, and to that point, you know, I think back in the day, we didn't even really pay attention to black women as <laughs> businessmen or businesswomen. Yeah. I think they were just kind of seen, to be honest, I'm not going to lie, as like booty call or like, yeah. you know, they were over-sexualized. And I think that still happens to today, you know, with the rap music and yeah. not, not saying that, you know, I don't want to turn up every once in a while, but that's as how they've uh, historically been portrayed. But now there's this there's this this vengeance this acceleration is this like this spirit and their business acumen is so savvy in terms yeah. of i'm just seeing them creating drop shipping stores from creating drop shipping stores 10k a month 20k 50k a month 100k a month you know hosting these retreats empowering yeah. other black women you know and being able to say you know what we're not worthless we're we have Absolutely. these ideas that are not only going to empower ourselves our communities but 
the generations, generations, generations yeah. after us. And it's interesting because now the conversation goes to the black man, you know, yeah. and the black man in America that has kind of been looked at, oh, shut up, be a rapper, athlete. That's it. Like, you know, and now it's all of a sudden this light being shined like, oh, you say I could be an entrepreneur? Yeah. I could be a businessman? I could be a stock investor? I could be a drop shipper? X, Y, Z. And I think there's still that hold on yeah. black men of fitting into the conduit or the, the the form of being a rapper or just being an athlete. And don't rely on your brain. Yeah. Shut up and rely on your physicality. Yeah. You know, shut up and just sing these numbing lyrics, mm-hmm. you know. And I did say, me and you agree, like, yo, look, there is in a buildup of black businessmen that are entrepreneurial that are driven yeah understand like yo look i gotta go hustle i gotta build because it's crazy to see how fast technology is evolving mm-hmm. social media there's new platforms coming out and literally you, you'll be surprised as you putting an idea out there and people just start supporting it start buying it and the worry of my 2021 so now we we definitely got to get into that. Okay, so you got the black store, the merchandise in the black yeah. store. You got vision birthers. You know, you're helping people, which I think is one of the most amazing things in this world is get their story out. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're, you're helping people with website design. You know, you got a publishing team, your content planning. So like even a lot of these things that people need to be successful in this age, you're hosting that. You're like, I, yeah. I got you. Come, come in, come, come on, here. <laughs> come on, come on. Let's, let's set you up for success. But kind of tell us your story about like, you know, where you came from and how this came to be. Yeah, well, um, and thank you again for the opportunity. Uh, my story is like, honestly, like a lot of people, um, and I, I, I this don't be real, I'm just gonna shoot it to you straight. So, um, so often um, we hear of the, from nothing to something testimonies and success stories, and they're powerful, they're beautiful, um, and, they're, and they're needed. But I think that we need a lot more people who stand up and say, okay, you know what? I grew up blessed. I, you know, I, I just, when if it came to the luck of the draw, I, you know, I grew up blessed. So I had certain opportunities. However, the fight is still the same. I've got counterparts and line brothers and friends who are from, you know, different sides of the world, different sides of the country who had different upbringing experiences, but that we all, we are all trying to prove to us and to our families, we can make it. Now, for you, it may have been coming out of the slums, but for me, it may have been coming out of my parents' house where everything was safe and provided. But guess what? At the end of the day, I am still trying to prove that I'm a man and I can handle my life. I can handle this thing. Um, and that really kickstarted my journey, man. I grew up, I uh, had a very normal life, very st- stable. Um, but I started to realize that I was completely going against, against the grain at 18. I decided to not go to the school that my parents had planned for. I chose, I literally went to it. I was supposed to go to Ole Miss. I was gonna, not gonna go to HBCU, had never even considered it. My parents hadn't even put it in front of me. I went to a, a college fair in the mall, I actually just happened to be in the mall and they were having a little fair uh, in the middle of the mall. Mm-hmm. Saw HBCU and I was like, this is something's different about this. Um, I'd heard of them, I seen Different World and I, I'm from Atlanta, so I seen the Clark Atlanta and the Morehouse and the Spelman, but nothing ever really said, let me pursue this lane. Man, I went around those tables and got a few packets, ended up on YouTube one night and came across a clip of the band playing Lovely Day. Um, and I said, you know what? This is where I need to be. 
scratched all of my life plans. I applied to the school that night, ended up writing the coach, um, the tennis coach. I grew up playing tennis, wrote the tennis coach an email at three o'clock in the morning, ended up with a tryout a week and a half later. And then boom, and that, that was the, the kickstart of me becoming the man that I am today because I recognized then I've got to, I've got to do it for me. Can't do it for mom, can't do it for dad. I've always got to do it for me. And that right there just kind of led me on a journey, dude, that just took me to college. I made a lot of mistakes, bad decisions, learned so much, uncovered stuff, changed my majors five times, stayed five years, left college, had a great job at NASA, beautiful job, making a whole lot more money than what you would think graduating fresh out of college. I did, like, again, I decided, you know, I'm going to go against the grain. I want to go, I have to pick me. Quit that job and said, you know what? I'm going to figure this thing out, dude. I went from making $85,000 a year to working part-time at a car dealership uh, doing marketing and internet sales. Because I've got to find me and whatever that's going to look like. And man, that went through that journey, went from NASA to uh, Landers McLarty Nissan to a Lexus dealership. Ended up at a and then went to Verizon. Ended up at a church as an executive director. At that time, just a coordinator, but eventually an executive director for four and a half years. And all of that stuff, man, made me realize that when you choose your own path, that is when you are going to live out your best life. You are never going to be able to have your best life or to live a a fulfilled and quality life while you're still doing everything that everybody else wants you to do, and you're never doing what you want to do, whatever that may look like. Yeah, it's. It's interesting when you see what has been happening in the world for these last couple of years, because, you know, 2019, 2018, 2017, people were okay with being employed. You know, the entrepreneurship was considered to be kind of risky, even though over the years, the entrepreneurs have kind of become like the new rock stars. They're rappers because you see them, the recession uh-huh. proof, the him 500s, they're coming out with the cars, the events, you know, the VB. It, it's like the rapper's the one looking broke and the entrepreneur's the one looking like they get into the bag yep. because, you know, they entrepreneurs are documenting everything, their yeah. sales, their receipts, like CEO Maddie J says. And I think COVID really forced a lot of people to be like, damn, I could just get fired just like that. Like they yeah. all this cutback. So I think there's a massive change in the consciousness and psychology of a lot of people that push them into entrepreneurship yeah. because of what happened with COVID. So I think that seed is still planted strongly. You know, you have your David Chance, Sleepers yes. for Suckers, Social Proof, and you know, you're just seeing this and, buy, and people are saying, you know what? I, I wanna I wanna go out on a path of my own so yeah. I want to I want to go ahead and explore and monetize my god-given gifts. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like can everybody be an entrepreneur who's going to be the worker? Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to get employed? But I do think and believe that you know, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but the question, a question I wanted to ask you was that what what made you Say, you know what? Nah, I, I gotta leave NASA, man. Like, they pay me. This is good money, but something in me is just like, you know what? Go out and, and strike and build your own path and, and keep going. Man, um, uh, I would say it was that youthful boldness. Like, you know, when you're young and you're in your 20s, I mean, we think that we're absolutely invincible. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nothing can hurt. But I've always been, even growing up, man, I've always been a risk taker. 
I'm not really scared of much, even still to this day. And and because of that that Nash that mindset where I don't really do a lot of fear, I don't do much fear at all. I'm like all I could do is not work. And when you have that that mindset, like you know what, the worst thing that can happen is I, I get told no. But guess what? I've been told no plenty of times before in life, so it's not the end of the world. Or you know what, this may not work out. Well, at least I'll know then. Take another direction. You know, I, I'm that's always been my rationale and my mindset. So making a decision like that was really not as hard as it is can be for a lot of people. I was like, hey, you know what? I much rather find my journey or take my journey now in my early 20s so that I'm not 35 and having to do this. I've seen people for years like in that midlife crisis mode when they're nowhere near midlife. And it's because they were things that they chose not to do in their 20s out of this desire for security and or stability, quote unquote. But I recognize that we got one life, man. It's, and it's short and it goes by fast. As you can see, we were locked in the house for a year and we blinked and it's kind of like, man, we're into a whole nother year. And it's like, we, it was just March 5th last year when all this stuff started to kick off. Um, but my thing was like, you know what? I'd much rather go for it all. So there wasn't really too much thinking about it. It was okay, cool. You know what? I'm going to make a plan. I know I'm quitting this job. Let me put some money back in my savings because I know I don't want to be here anymore. I have no idea what the next step looks like or what the next season looks like, but I know that I'm determined to get there because this simply just ain't it. Me looking at two computer screens on Excel, and I'm like, for somebody, this is life. I worked in a space where for people around me, they loved it. I was like, I like the money, but there are pieces of me that have to be put into place. If not, I'm going to go start searching for these things to kind of bring fulfillment or bring total fulfillment in my life. And I don't know if that's going to turn, that, that doesn't always yield good results. Sometimes because there's a yearning for you to be all of you and, and you're not being, or you're only being small portions of you, you end up dibbling and dabbling and ending up in places, places or spaces doing things that you really should not be doing that could be detrimental to you, your family your body, your name, most importantly, but it all stemmed from you just wanting to have outlets. You want you want to put your total self into motion so that you can live a purposeful and fulfilled life. And I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. So I'm going to leave this job and figure this out right now because I'm 22 and I got plenty of time. Yeah, that way when I'm 30, I'm solid. I'm moving forward. I know what I'm working towards. I'm hitting the next goal and not in a place where it's like, man, you know what? I got this engineering degree and I realized at 29, I hate engineering and I want to be, and I would much rather be a school teacher. You know, now we got a whole different, I didn't want to have those issues. I said, let me figure this out at 20 something. So that way, when I get 30 something, at least I'm building on and not having to take steps back. And even though, you know, that, that is a part of people's journey. I've got quality friends, amazing people who have really had to hit refresh and recalibrate and reassess everything in life at the year 30 and recognize that I got this doctorate, I got this job, I built this company and it sounded good. It was cool then, but this ain't even really what I want to do. And I'm like, I know what that's like. I've been there, but my that my, my allow myself to embrace that life question at 22. And so at 30, I'm building and building on. But most importantly, because I embraced it then, I'm even I'm able to help people navigate through that space now. So it's, it'll all work together for my good, of course. But it's one of those things where you, you got to choose you and whatever that may look like. Yeah, and I think that American society is, and especially our culture, like I think you probably seen social media posts like this whereby they be like, yeah, I got the job. And it gets a whole bunch of likes, whole bunch yeah. of comments. Like, yo, I started the business. It gets like two likes and maybe one. You may get a comment. Somebody may say congratulations. Yeah. And 
you also get to see when that happens who you, who's really a supporter you know and who's really mm-hmm. and a lot of times you're right making that decision at 22 is better because you know as time goes on people do sit down and say you know what that this is not my passion like yeah. it's draining me of my spirit and mm-hmm. energy and that also has to happen in life so that you know that vision of god uh, the vision that you know for the purpose of your life because sometimes you can sit in a cubicle for years and you say you know what i hate this so much yes or i don't like this at all that I can see clearly what it is that I'm supposed to do because it becomes like the polar opposite. And I think also that that transition is one of the most difficult transitions there is because it's like, hmm, safety, comfort, right here. Stability, routine. Mm -hmm. You go over to entrepreneurship, it's all kinds of ups and downs. You don't know if this is going to work. Somebody said they were going to do something that didn't happen. You got to rely on yourself fold your actions people around you like and i think that's also what makes it exciting because yeah when when you have that job you don't get to manifest all of your ability and you it's an ease complacency you become joe you know joe john doe you know you kept the kids and stuff but when you go into entrepreneurship you you gotta fight you gotta crawl you gotta pray you gotta cry a little you gotta suck it up you gotta you know, send the proposal. Are they going to pay the the invoice? Okay. What do I got to do? Show up. You got to be high energy. You know, you got to do so many different things. What, what were some of the experiences that you went through, you know, when you were transitioning from that job to the entrepreneurship? Oh man. Um, as you just mentioned, I have this thing that I really believe entrepreneurship is going to bring you or bring out of you what's there. It's going to show you who you really are. But in the same way that uh, the entrepreneurship shows you who you really are, it is also just like you mentioned, man, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. If you're waiting in line and there's that anxiety, that worry, you get in the seat and it's kind of like, oh, God, I have no idea what's about to happen, but I know I'm quietly going to love it, even though I'm scared of it and I'm, I'm having no idea what it looks like. Then boom, that roller coaster takes off. And now you're going through these twists, these turns, these flips inside out. You're screaming but you're not really in pain. You're actually like, oh my God, I kind of love this. This is exciting. This is thrilling. And then boom, it's over. It's kind of like, I made it. That was great. I can handle it. I just saw myself in a way that I never saw myself before. Let's do it all over again. And that really is like the journey called entrepreneurship in a nutshell. It's like, it is riding that thing out, going through every emotion possible and then saying, whew, I made it. Let me do it all over again. And so I experienced every last one of those emotions from the tears, the pain, the crying, the the self-doubt, the worry, like, is this a good idea? Do I have what it takes? Um, But honestly, that is a part of the journey to entrepreneurship or in entrepreneurship. You've got to go through all of that. Um, One of the things that I despise right now um, is that entrepreneurship is being presented to people as if you don't have to go about it. You don't have to go through those things. It's not cookie cutter. It's that part, being a business owner, whether it's a small business, large business corporation, LLC, Court, whatever it may be, it comes with the journey. You have to go through certain things. I honestly believe if you really want to know if you're a strong man or a strong woman, start a business. Because that right there will reveal to you everything about who you really are and what's happening in there. I've seen so many brilliant people who were like brilliant paid, successful, leave their jobs, or even just kind of start smart, small side hustles in addition to their nine to fives, then it's kind of like in the first week and a half or the first month, boom, they're ready to break. And I'm like, that's not possible. Like, yeah, you got three degrees, you are 
you know, you're building rockets or you're saving the world, you getting baby shots and you're doing all these things, but you know, you're cracking when it comes to business because, but you know what? It's really about stepping into a land of the unknown and allowing yourself to embrace everything that comes to the journey because you'll get through it. You'll always get through it. Like you just like that roller coaster. When you get to the end, it's like, that was scary, but I really loved it. Let's do it all over again. Exactly. And I think, that's also what it means to be a human being. It's, oh yeah. You're not supposed to just be like, think about the fact that, you know, some of the highest human achievements ever in history, yeah, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. Tesla, the Martin Luther King with his speech, the uh, J- uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, Amazon. Like if a human being could have that vision and have that ability to manifest that into reality. Yeah. What does that tell you about the average John and Jane walking the streets? That we all can. Hey, hey, hey. You know, that and that's the truth. Is that we have the same opportunity? Because when I look at people like Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs, these things started without uh, modern technology really being at their at their fingertips. Like we are a, a thumb generation. We are a couple key, key strokes away from anything that we could ever need. These people were able to do this stuff and build this stuff and dream like this, dream this big when they were having cubicles or space in their garage or doing stuff out of the second bedroom of their home where there was no blueprint, where there was no basis for new information. We have all of that. We can Google. We can go to YouTube to figure out how to build stuff. That's right. Why can't we? So at that point, I'm like one of those that really believes like because of people who like that, like that, who have laid the blueprint. If you at this moment in time do not live a fulfilled life, or especially when it comes to business, it's a personal choice because all the information and the resources are available. Like that's why I'm when, you know, and I, I love what I do as far as the business coaching, but I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for individuals who are struggling in their businesses and choosing not to go get the help that they need. Exactly. You can't tell me that the help is not there. I see the help all the time. I'm part of the help. There are plenty of entrepreneurs. There are plenty of coaches. There are plenty of strategists. There are plenty of solutionists. There are plenty of courses. There are plenty of books. There are plenty of free YouTube videos. There are plenty of certification classes that you can roll in. Like, There's no excuse not to be a success right now because everything is available. Yep. And you have to be willing to make the investment of, of monetarily, but most importantly, the investment into yourself. Because when you realize that paying for stuff that's going to grow you or grow and to further develop you, that's an investment. But it's not an investment to the person that you're buying it from. It's an investment into you. And if you don't want to invest in you, you got a whole nother slew of issues that we probably should sit down and unpack first. Exactly. And you're right. Like at this point in time, Especially if you're living inside of United States of America, yeah. there is there's no excuse. Like, and I said it on the last uh, interview too. I've been seeing in the last couple of interviews that there's so much information. This barrier to entry for business is at an all-time low. Airbnb, drop shipping, e-commerce, Amazon, FBA. Uh, just like wherever you turn. There's somebody offering you information for $27. You yeah. videos free. You just go on people's pages and you shadow some of their movements and emulate put your own spin on it and you will have a business before you know. And I think that's the internet and that's the globalization and that's just we're seeing the manifestation of people's ideas at a yeah. quicker and quicker rate. Boom, somebody has an idea. Boom, monetize it. Boom, I better coach. Boom, I'm getting $50,000 a month. Boom, I'm in the Bahamas. Boom, boom. Yeah. 
of course, you're going to get punched up as an entrepreneur. Like, don't, best believe, don't think you're just going to hop in the driver's seat and it's, uh, it does happen. But yeah, it ain't happening like that for most people. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's like a one in nine, one in 10 chance that you're going to have this super smooth journey. And if exactly. the journey's too smooth in the beginning, I guarantee you get to year two or three. It's gonna get a little rocky. <laughs> it's gonna get bubbly now. You're gonna have to hold on now. It's gonna mm-hmm. is that earthquake? What's what's going on? What's happening? My world is inside out. Yep. Yeah. So you you talked about you know, and there's so much to unpack with you too as well. That's why I'm super excited. But you, you talked about like you're some of the brains behind some of major brands, and like I guess you're there consulting. Uh, you know strategizing and pinning together plans. Talk talk about that and what you kind of notice what makes a successful brand and how you help people to create their brands. Man, um, hey, I realize that that is like my sweet spot. I can build things, you know, and I, and I thoroughly love and enjoy. Um, I can't use some names because NDAs are in place, um, but I will say this, that I have had the pleasure to work alongside some of the greatest minds that look like me, some don't look like me to build things that go from hair care to tech entrepreneurship, to business uh, corporations, to real estate, to churches, even I've worked with a few universities. So like, it, it just goes to show you that people recognize the power of being positioned properly. And that's really the, the basis of, of branding to me is like being positioned properly. Cause once you're positioned properly, your products can sell. And most importantly, people can buy into you. Um, you know, um, gone are the days, even though we're in a very techy and automated rendition of life where, I mean, everything has automation. And I do, do believe in all that. And that is great. But there is nothing like, like people buy, people don't buy into stuff. They buy into people. That's why businesses have brand ambassadors is because they recognize that this space has a level of buy-in from this group of people. And because I want them to buy my product, I want them to, to, to book, to try my service. I'm going to put this face in this and it works like that. Right. And that's really the, the simple, the simplicity of it is positioning yourself. Uh, brand building is all about positioning yourself because I realized, but I really believe this, that in this day and age, it kind of goes back to that, what we talked about just now, people are smart enough. People are brilliant enough. People can create good stuff. I mean, great stuff, but it's all about the positioning of that stuff that changes everything for you. And I've even been on that journey within myself, you know, start starting out being the behind the scenes or the number two and three on some super teams and saying, you know what, I'm great there. But I recognize that if I'm going to continue to do this for the rest of my life, I've got to start to position me more um, in ways that I never considered because I love being number two, three, four, and five on the team. But I recognize that mm, let me I desire to really help the masses. One of my goals is to sit on some boards and have some conversations that bring countries together. Mm, that's powerful. Some people have to be able to notify, you know, so that means but with that being said, I've got to position myself as a resource publicly so that strangers recognize, oh, this guy could be good for that. Because you I do believe in the, the I think it's one degrees or we're one degree away or one degree of separation. I'm not sure what it is, but um, I do believe that we're always one connection away. Yep. 
one conversation away. I definitely believe we're always one conversation away, but then we're, but with that being said, we're one connection away. And um, I recognize that it's really all about positioning yourself because if your products are good and you put your time in, you've done your research, you've tied them, tested them, and your services, all that kind of stuff like that. When it's time to sell, they'll sell. But it's all about positioning you and your business before exactly sell. And, and you're so right. Like the positioning is key. And mm-hmm. some of the most successful, if you want to say, influencers or entrepreneurs utilizing social media have mastered that craft. Some people's brand is, it's, oh my God. It's sick. It's like, wow. Exactly. It's super wow. And, you know, I, I, the position, like, how do you fit into the psyche of the average individual? And how do you, I think I read this somewhere, Agalivli or something, but how do you hold and maintain a permanent position of value in somebody's psyche and not only that but continue to exude value because you know there's some brands that you know start off strong then they kind of you know yeah. fade off and drop and yeah we don't hear about them and then there's brands that are just like they just picking up momentum and speed and getting big and you just like yo this thing's a monster yo what yeah. the heck like and it's just in fact, it's beginning to affect culture and yeah. change people's lives and beginning to alter destinies and beginning uh-huh. to, to change history, Yeah, which is crazy when you think about it, because it's just an idea that it started off as a vision, as an idea, as maybe let me, let me try this. Let me, uh, did yeah. I do that before? Give it a shot. Yep. So, so what, what, what are some characteristics that you look for or that you believe brands need to uh, inhabit? in order to be successful or to be uh, long-term sustained? I mean, that's a great question. I, I think I got two two things that I think it may be what I believe could be, I want to say both powerful, one not maybe over the other. Um, but the first thing is confidence. I think that uh, I believe and I know for a fact that many of us are able to pick up on insecurities like that. We can see it. It's almost like we can smell it. We can notice it in the picture. We can hear it in somebody's tone of voice. We can hear it in their word, the word choice. We can even see it in the colors that people have on. We can pick up confidence. And I think I know firsthand one of the most successful things that an individual band brand or a, a brand centered around a person um, could all is must have is it everything must be done with a level of confidence that exudes um, because in life people are looking for answers. They're looking for clarity. They're looking for direction. They're looking for help. And one thing that nobody wants is to trust somebody who does not seem confident in what it is that they're doing. And come so on now, come on, coach. Come on, coach did not come to play today, man. It's real talk. <laughs> like, no, like if I, I know firsthand if I was not as confident as I was in my, my what I do, what I've been able to accomplish and been willing to, sh- and now able to share that, people wouldn't work with me. They wouldn't, I wouldn't even be having this conversation with you. They would not be investing in sessions with me. They wouldn't be purchasing my products. But when you look at it, it's like, there has to be a level of confidence because if you don't believe in you, why would I invest in you? Exactly. If, if you don't believe in you, why would I partner with you to bring my thing to life? I'm already nervous. I'm already scared, not really knowing which direction to go in. But if I don't look at you and see confidence and feel like it, feel as though you are confident in what you have, what you're doing, even though you have moments where you're not feeling like, okay, that's your best. That's a part of the journey. But that's right. People have brands and especially brands centered around individuals have to exude confidence because when you're confident, 
you, you don't you don't work you're not really working up like from here from the bottom up you're working from like here and then going from there to the top man i need to get like uh I'm, like, I'm gonna start streaming these and get like a, a cash jar oh yeah plug-in. like y'all y'all pay the man yeah go pay the, go pay the man it's, it's really all about confidence man and confidence can show up in so many different ways i was having a session with letty um yesterday she's a cfo for a black hair care company based in houston that just sat down with Oprah and they're really about to go commercial, like some great, great things. And she was talking about, you know, her her personal brand and, and where we were where we want to go with her personal brand outside of what she does with the company. And I was like, well, the thing is, you don't exude confidence. And as a black woman selling solutions, we've got to look at you and say, that woman's confident in her abilities. She's confident in her skin. She's confident in her hair. She's confident in her attire. We've got to get confidence from you because people are looking for that. And people are getting presentation, even if it is not authentic at the end of beginning. You, once you start to do it enough, I promise you, you'll really become to, you'll believe yourself. You'll believe what you say and what you think. You know, part of the reason we do things like affirmations every day. Sometimes it's, you, you know, life has hit you. You got to blow. So you don't really believe that you're the head and not the tail, that you don't really don't believe that you are, you are a lender or the bar. Not, 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 let me not say you don't believe. You forgot what you reminded. And so you remind yourself through those affirmations and it changes everything. I tell myself every day, one of my morning affirmations is I'm good. I don't want to use the word, but I'm good at what I do. Man, when coach, Dave, man, coach came to drop gems. He came every day. Bag of gems, man. He every day. I say, myself, you came I'm, with the backup truck. Just yeah. me, me. He's like, hold <laughs> it up now. <laughs> But I tell myself that every day I'm good at what I do. So there are days when I'm not feeling good, where I'm not feeling inspiring, where I'm not feeling like Coach Ed. I'm like, where well, I'm just not it. But you know, when I say to myself, I'm good at what I do, it snaps all that anxiety. It snaps that comparison thing. That Because that, comparison will catch you all of us if you're not careful. So you have to be intentional about defeating that. Me reminding myself, I'm good at what I do. Now, that's not the way I say it. I don't know if this is a Christian podcast or not, so I didn't want to just give it to you. But that's what I tell myself. I have to, I got to give it to me. I've got to give it to me whatever way is going to help me to get up every day and be successful and to be all that I'm supposed to be and be most importantly, be all that I'm designed to be. So I would definitely start off by saying confidence um, is the number one thing. And the number two thing or the number 1.5 or 1A, 1B, however you want to look at it, is that I've learned and I wholeheartedly, I subscribe to this. I believe this. I do this. If you consistently give people information, you will always be looked at like a resource. Mm. If you always give information. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky because I'm a believer in learning your lane. When you learn your lane and master your lane, giving away free wisdom, nuggets or uh, guidance should not be an issue because you've learned your lane. And if you've learned your lane well, you know so much about what it is you do that you can give a free fact three times a week and it's not going to crush your business. Exactly. Like I, I some of the stuff that I, I sell in sessions or sell in courses, I've given on Instagram. But you know what people don't read? <laughs> they don't really apply. So therefore, and then sometimes for some people, because they're nervous about their stepping into this new lane, this next level, this new phase of life, reading a post is cool. And as I got it, great. But having someone to really help you walk through that and talk through that, and unpack that is really what is needed. So, but when you are a business owner, especially if you are in a service-based business or you're servicing people, give them information. I promise you, you give them a few branding tips and marketing tips, it's not going to crush your business. It's actually going to grow it. 
Because when you are willing to give people stuff, give people free stuff, or give them give them takeaways, they're more they're, at that moment in time they begin to position you as a mind as a, in their mind as a source of information. That's one of the other things I tell myself every day. I'm a well because I know when people go to a well. They're getting water and water is a source of life, right? Water is the thing that makes everything that's dead come alive. But what's dead and what's brown will turn green when water supplies. So I tell myself, I'm a well. I also know this, that wells are dug deep. So that means as long as I continue to put this stuff in my well, water, aka information, facts, knowledge, I will always have something to draw from and people will always be able to come to me, get a drink of water, rehydrate their bodies, put me on the, put, you know, well, the water on their plants and stuff will begin to grow and things turn green and that turns into money. So I said all that to say that you've got to learn your language. You've got to be willing to share the information that you have. Some people can't afford your, your services right now. But guess what? That information, that wisdom gives them something to hold on to, gives them something to start so that way they can kind of get to the place or to the point where they're in front of you and then you're able to, boom, give them all you got in that one hour or give it all you got in that two hours or whatever it may be. So those are my two things. Confidence is key when it comes to brand because you have to position yourself properly. And the second thing is give people information. That is how you have longevity. That is how you see real success. And if I'm honest, that's the way you make good money. Ha ha, man, killing it, killing it. Make your money. Okay, so I think some of the points that you mentioned, this leads into it. You talked about routine. And, you know, I wanted to talk to you about the importance of, you know, as people, us having routines. And what what is your routine? What does your ritual look like? What is your day, like, Uh actions that help prime your mind, your body, your spirit to go into action? Because you are right. When you're dealing with clients, like, you got to vibrate at an extremely high rate because... They want to partake of that energy. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why they gave you the money. And especially if you're doing like monthly yeah. uh, reoccurrences, you're right. They came to you as a solution and mm-hmm. quenched. No, they're thirsty and they want to, they want to take your water. Gatorade. Use it. Exactly. Yeah. Gatorade. Um, I, so I am a, I don't know, a brand ambassador for routines. Um, I do, I don't, I do believe at some point in time that routines or consistency has become like kind of a negative term, has a negative connotation to it. Like, oh, my routine. Well, there, you can have a bad routine, but you can, it's okay with routines are really just structure. It's a healthy structure. And I believe in having one. I have one. So mine is real simple. I get up in the morning. I do, I pray. I say my affirmations. I get out the bed. And one of the first things I do before I make my tea and kind of really just kind of like gather my thoughts, I make my bed. Now, I growing up as a kid, never made my bed. <laughs> my mom was yelling about making my bed. And even when I'm home when my in my mom's house, she's like, you don't make up this bed, but I know you make up your bed every morning because I've heard your videos, I've watched it. And I'm like, well, because when I'm going into work mode, I do believe wholeheartedly this doing something as small as making up your bed before you go into work, you've already completed one task for that day. Man. So you set the tone for completion. You set the tone for productivity. And when I do believe that when you do small things like that, whatever your thing may be, whether it's 10 pushups or whether it's squats or sit-ups or whatever it is, when you set your tone and knock that off first, I believe right there you hold, you've situated your entire day. So whatever was going to happen with your day may happen. But guess what? In the back of your mind, I'm getting stuff done. 
come what may, I'm getting to the But that's mm-hmm. my thing. I make my bed, especially on work days. Now, Wednesdays, I'm not doing the work, and I know I'm an off day. That bed may be not made up because killing a little I'm, bit. Because I'm getting back in it. But also with that, right, it helps me, man. I, I do believe in like having, especially to start off your day, completing something quick first. Now I know some people who do believe in the um the psychology or the philosophy behind doing your hard thing first. I'm not like that. I'm like a car in the wintertime. You gotta go warm me up, <laughs> drive off in. So, but, but, but that, because I know that my, I know that's how my mind works and that works best for me. I just do the little things like something as simple as making my bed, boom, check that off. Go, go make my tea, have my 10, 15 minutes. It's just kind of like, whoosa, you know, before I jump into the hustle and bustle of emails or social media, I'm like, okay, I've already, I, what they call it, Zen. I've already just kind of gathered myself to be honest with you. And I've already completed something. So by the time I get to this office and sit down at that desk, my mind is already on Let's roll. Let's get this thing done. Um, another thing that I do routine wise, I have a planner. I am not a, as much as, as, as this world is digital and I do love it. Um, I have a planner that is probably as thick as this pillow, <laughs> but it works for me because I recognize that I've got to write stuff down. Um, that's my way of doing it. I can't put stuff in my phone because if I'm honest, hoping that my clients are listening to this, texting me or texting my clients or my friends and family know that texting me or about anything is liable to not get read for seven business days. Ooh. And that's probably because you have a lot of clients that are to end this and so, point. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, but I know that's when people, people call me about, hey, let's go to dinner this Friday. Even with my friends, we went to dinner last night. I wrote it in my planner when they text about it, when they called about it. Because when, t- when it's in my planner, it's going to get done. You know why? Because my planner to me is like my success plan. When I get this done, done. Check it off. Go on to the next thing. And so it's all about finding your way, your thing that works best for you. But that making that bad thing in the morning, I guarantee anybody who's listening to this, try it. It'll change everything. It'll change your day. I guarantee you that. Guarantee, and I think there was a book by like an admiral of the United States Navy or something uh-huh. like that. Make your bed in the morning or something like that. It was like a wow. motivational book. I didn't know that. Here, I thought that making the bed thing I came up with. <laughs> nah, you're so right because another thing too, like even for me, like my morning, I always like it. I'll wake up, I play a game of chess. Uh-huh. I'll read a uh, blog about money uh-huh. and then I'll spend one hour reading a book and then I'll do 10 minutes of visualization. What am I going to do in the future? Uh-huh. Who will I be? What will my death look like? Who are going to be the people around me? What kind of impact will I have on the world? And then after doing the affirmations, I do um, 10, uh, uh, after doing the visualizations, I do like pray for like 10 minutes. Uh-huh. Then after that, I do like Bible study for like 25 minutes. And then uh, after that, I do affirmations. So mm-hmm. I, I do like affirmations, like God, thank you for helping me help other mm-hmm. people become the best. Like this, twenty-five of those, and I say three times to myself. And then uh, after that, uh, I'll do like a video journal. I used to do the the planning too mm-hmm. on, the, on the book, and I probably do have to go back to it. But I have like this little app. I can just out look at the video and be like, hey, yo, like. It's time to go get it, man. Like, like get, get yourself together and I can record yeah. it. And then I do that three times throughout the day. And after that, I go work out. Yeah. Because I want to get my mind right. Like, mm-hmm. like this world, like, especially like if you look at the most successful people in the world, they always talk about how they 
program their morning yeah. before the world starts trying to program you. Oh yeah, get ahead of it, man. Listen, I, I one also, I, I'm, I'm sure if you, you don't mind if I mention this. Go ahead. I plan my weeks on Sunday, Sunday nights. So like going into Monday, my Monday task list is already solidified on Sunday night. So I don't get up on Monday trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I, my gym, my gym times for the week are written into my planner. Like maybe not what I'm going to eat, but like you said, I got dinner plans that are there in my planner. But I, I try my best to lay out my entire week as much as I can on Sunday. Because as you just mentioned, like if I can lay out my week, if I can control my week before it gets here, I have control of everything in my week. Man, I needed to do a better job of doing that. Yeah. I'll be waking up Monday like, yo, nope. Where's it at? Where's that? <laughs> a lot of people do that, and it used to wake up frantic trying to figure stuff out. And I recognize, like, when I was going, when I was working in corporate America, when I was working at the church that I was a member of at the time as executive director, I even picked out my clothes for the week. Wow. On Monday, on Sunday night. Because I recognize, like, I want my Mondays to flow. And Mondays flow better when things are in alignment. When they're already, already ranked off. Like, so it, it may sound like, you know, because I know people hear, like, routines and they kind of hear, like, how yours is very structured. Mine maybe not as structured. But like when you have to find what's best for you, because if you don't, you're going to lose Monday. I, I'm, I think I, my trainer says things like never miss a Monday. Mm. Now, mon- missing, getting to the gym on Monday sometimes in the morning is a, is a hassle. And sometimes I don't get there till 1130. But you know what? I tell myself never miss a Monday. And he's beat that into my head, into my psyche, because I recognize that if I can get it done on Monday, it sets the tone for completion for the rest of the week. Wow. You're so right because look at the energy of Monday. You know, oh, yeah. Saturday, people chilling, kicking back, you know, go to the bar, hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, people just want to Netflix, yeah. pray to God. Boom, Monday comes, calls are running by. Did you get paid? Was the document? The client everything call? Is like, yeah. everything is happening at once. And I think that because people feel it's kind of interesting the way America kind of divides the system because other parts of the world, like, Mondays are not like that. They're not. They're not. But in America, it almost feels like people are trying to snatch people's faces yeah. off, you know, and they're trying to... Madness in America. Yep. Pure madness for most yep. people. Pure madness. And people are just hustling. And what's kind yeah. of weird is that some people are hustling, but they don't know what they're hustling towards. So it's this energy that's kind of like confused and frantic. And wasted. Yep, wasted. Because that energy could be, I mean, you're right. That energy that we just like, that we're often, we don't have control of our Monday. It's like your energy goes everywhere. And shoot, we talk about currency. I think the most potent or the most important currency we have is our energy. If you don't use that properly. And once it's gone, it's gone. Like I tell you all the time, like I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are nine, who have nine to five jobs. I'm listening. I appreciate you having your job and I'm sure your job pays you well, but you need to save 30% of your energy for your work day. So when you get home, you can put that 30% into your endeavors that make you happy or that make you money, make you more money. So let me tell you something about corporate America or any job. Got a day. Your replacement will be in there by the next Friday. Coach, drop so gems, man. You, you give them all your energy. You give them 100% of yourself. And then, boom, something happens to you. You replace in a week. They're going to miss you. They're going to miss your presence. going to miss your energy. You're going to miss all of that. But you're going to be replaced. So what do you do for that? Something like that. Manage your energy. Steward your energy. Say, you know what? Y'all get 70% of me. And unapologetically, you get 70% of me. 
Because home is going into what I'm, you know, what I'm, what I'm working towards and what I'm working on. And I, it, it's doable. I, let me tell you something, man. I was a, a full-time executive director of church at a very, very large church. So that was always something going low-key. I was not at low-key. I was executive pastor role as well as a mixture of the two. So not only did I have to manage people and help like push people and kind of help them to see their better selves and walk out their, their lives with God, had to counsel, had to also manage the affairs of a mega ministry. Wow. Like I'm, I'm our director of operations. I'm leading teams and things like that. On top of that, I taught at a university, college students, and on, and on top of that, I had my company Vision Birthers. And I recognized that I had to give energy where energy is needed on certain days. So like Mondays was all about the ministry because we were fresh off of Sunday. So there are things that had to be done. Right. Tuesday was like my Vision Birthers days. I, that was the time where like Tuesday and Thursday, I put a lot of most of my focus going to be on Vision Birthers after I got off work. Wednesday, church, we got Bible study. You know, I also taught on Wednesday mornings, but I knew, I figured out, like, as long as I can cut up my energy and only give, boom, this is what you get today. This is what you get today. And don't feel bad about it. Do my work. Now, I'm not saying don't do your work, but don't over-exhaust yourself to the point that when you clock out, you're exhausted. You have nothing to give you. Wow. And I know what that's like. It, it happens, but that's where most of America is. We are so busy giving all of us to them. We have nothing to give to us. Wow. And that's dangerous. But that right there is the doorway to an unfulfilled life. Because you've given everything to everybody and you've given nothing. You've left nothing in the tank for you to give to yourself. It's amazing what you can do with 30% with, with 30% of your energy for you an hour. Because you know why? You're working on something you love. You're working on something that you're passionate about. That's right. You're working on something that kind of excites you. So what took you, how it took you all day to send one email at work, you can get 30 emails sent out. You can get content scheduled. You can get content created. You can get email blasts scheduled all in an hour. You know why? Because that 30% mixed with your energy, your passion, your love for what you're doing and your growing love for what you're doing, it's unmatched. It's unstoppable. It, it's, it's the game changer. Man. How to and identifying to separate and to split your energies. Because if you don't split it up and, and steward it and direct it properly, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to get nowhere. Man, man, coach over here giving out playbooks. He's giving out game winning, yeah. man. And you know what's crazy? The the number one regret of most people is that they didn't live uh, when they're on their deathbed is that they didn't live a life true to themselves. Yep. They they lived a life for the corporation and what did they get at the end of 40 years? A gold watch. And thank you for making us more money and multiplied our money. Because you're right. If you die today, trust me, Carl gonna be right in the office Friday, clocking in with his book bag with the box yep. and you know, taking all they're gonna okay, let's pack it, you know, like just like that and I think another thing too that I'm so conscious of nowadays is that what is that eulogy gonna say yeah what how many people did that impact how many people will come up to the the eulogy how many people will be at my funeral why would they be at the funeral like how would I have impacted them yeah you know Gary V said don't worry about your bank account worry about how many people are gonna show up absolutely and it's so interesting because man talking to you you're like multi-talented multi-layered but also being able to allocate okay the energy for Tuesdays, mm-hmm. vision birthers energy for thursday vision i'm gonna delegate these slices of myself mm-hmm. to serve because not only do you a get that problem solved but you know like okay monday i'm working on the ministry 
let me focus my entirety on that. Let me yeah. really go in and collapse, arrange, schedule. Because at the end of the day, that also helps because when Tuesday comes around, you know to yourself that, okay, I, I, I fleshed out. I, I did what I needed yep. to do for Monday on this. So let me go ahead and have the freedom. Man, now Vision Birthers, man. And I'm so excited to talk about books because I feel like the world that we're going into, more and more entrepreneurs are creating books. They're creating yep. eBooks. But which one came first? Was it the, the Black Store or was it Vision Birthers? So, yeah. So, um, Vision Birthers was first. Vision Birthers is where it all began five and a half years ago. Um, it started off as a, a workshop, conference, seminar planning for churches, for pastors specifically, because I grew up in church, man. And I was, I was sick of going. I'm an intellectual. I got a degree. I got a couple of degrees. I got certifications like most of America at this point. So going to uh, spiritual gatherings where there was no educational focus or gap or any kind of in addition or add on was a total waste of time for me. What can and I, can I, can I, and our community needs to get out of this because I hated that's let me not say hate. That's one of the things that I strong in the name of Jesus. And, yeah. and then afterwards, you still broke, still owe the man money. Don't have some kind of structure, no organization, but you want to in the name of, and you saying in the back of your mind, you just saying I'm going to in the name of, to heaven, so I don't have to worry about the earthly duties and leaving an inheritance to my children's children. You know, all this stuff that's actually in the Bible. <laughs> that's why I love preachers like um, Dr. Miles Monroe. Yeah, you know, because yes. I love the preachers that. A practice will give you real world philosophy, yeah. strategies to conquer, to level up and better your life and your family's life, yes. and people around you. Like I could get emotionally and spiritually high, but that bill going to come on Monday. Yeah. And I need to have some money to do something with pay it. Well, that's really, man. That, and that was my heart. I, I was like, I'm, I don't want to go to another conference and I don't want to. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. There, there's a time and a place for everything. So there, there should be moments in gatherings where there is this high thing, and you, we do all that stuff. But in the same thing, there should be some intentionality when it comes to making sure people are educated. I do believe that one of the failures of the church is that church is the only place that does not offer traditionally or consistently an educational setting. But then you come to learn. Think about it. You go to school. You go to college. You go to, to grade school, elementary, middle, high post-grad what happened you're in an educational setting so that way there's somebody teaching you there are notes there are books there are, there's some sort of educational setting because when you go to learn you education educational settings classroom whatever church is the complete opposite often it's like hey we want you to come learn serve and grow but learning is done in what is you know in most places auditorium style but there's not often a, a add-on for educational settings. And I wholeheartedly believe that you got to think about what people are thinking in their mind. People know when they go into a classroom, I'm here to learn. That's and if they see a whiteboard or a blackboard or books or a syllabus, okay, I'm here to learn. But we don't do a lot of that in church. So that was where Vision Birthday started off. Um, I started planning some conferences and doing some things with some pastors. Uh, it took off and it went well. And um, I had somebody reach out to me and say, hey, I want to do a planner and I don't really know where to start. And I was like, well, I plan workshops and seminars and stuff. So I'm not sure if I'm your person. And she said, well, I feel like, I feel like you're supposed to help me. 
And I said, well, let's figure it out together. And so we figured out how to launch a planner and, you know, all that good stuff, the marketing of it, the whatever. That woman sold 600 planners in a week. Gosh. On her launch. We're still like this to this day because we weren't that cool. We weren't cool or really, I just knew her in passing. But um, that was the thing that made me get out of the planning and recognize that my desire to help people I, I was limiting it or boxing it, boxing it into what I knew to be an issue and limiting myself in the process. So me saying, oh, I gotta help people plan conferences, workshops and seminars, that's great and all, but my passion was really helping people do stuff. And so that helped me see I'm for people, not just for this one particular lane um, in that moment. And so that kept catapulted everything. I went from planning events and conferences and workshops to now helping individuals do stuff, whatever their stuff was, whether it's a business startup, to have a business degree, or it was a planner. It, I just started there and it really took off. And now Vision Birthers is really its own entity now that I've been able to fully step into the the power and the, the brand of Coach Ev, Vision Birthers is really my arm where I do the publishing. I help people publish their stories, um, where we do the websites and the graphics and the, all that kind of stuff like that. And now that, that team of five runs itself realistically. I don't really have to do much often besides talk on the phone, do my part to bring in clients, um, lead and, and do work when it's, you know, when it needs to be. But it, it started off like that. But Vision Birthers was it. That's, that's my baby. That's my heart. That's what showed me that I was a man. Forget the degrees, forget all the stuff that I've done, you know, proving my manhood or that I thought solidified my manhood. Getting that business going and keeping that business going five years later through all of that roller coaster of emotions, that's what let me know that I was a man. <laughs> I can have, if I can do that, I can conquer the world. Man, and I've seen some of the design, the website designs yeah. out of this world, man. Oh, thank you, man. I, I'm looking at it. The aesthetics are yeah. crazy. And even the name Vision Birthers is such a powerful name. Like, yeah. which human on the world, in this world, does not want to give birth to their vision? Like, that's your main purpose as a human. Like, one of your main purposes is to the vision God has put into you. We want to see it manifest. Like, yeah. They say that the richest place in the world is not right, the mines yeah. of South Africa. Yeah. It's not the, the COVID uh, Congo. It's not the, the Saudi Arabia or it's the graveyard because mm-hmm. how many billionaires are buried in it? That sure. those ideas. Yep. Next level inventions that could have saved water, like that could save the ozone layer, restart to restore it and repair it. All of that is locked in the, in the, in the graveyard because somebody... I uh, had no idea of simply not even that, like, what is my, my belief is that people just don't know where to start. Yep. And that's, that's my grace. That's my sweet spot. That's my thing is like, I help you get started because I believe in people enough to know that you're smart enough. And I'll have enough sense to believe that, know that when you start to do what you're supposed to do, resources find you, all that stuff really starts to align itself because you started, but most people don't start. They don't. And you know what's interesting because you, you offer some. I saw like the, the bestseller package. Yeah, I saw uh-huh. the 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 monthly uh, strategy session where you're yeah. people with the content planning and the mapping. So when people come to you and they're like, "All right, I, I want to put a book out there." Like, mm-hmm. what? Why do you think people should put books out there? What are the benefits of like from what you've seen? Mm-hmm. You gave us a great example. She sold six hundred planners that first week. But what? How have you seen books transform 
the uh, author's life. I can tell you my own story with that, but I'll, I'll say this to start off. Um, the gems of life are locked up in books. That's mm-hmm. also why I believe that is why we don't read and why we weren't taught to read in the beginning. And then also why reading is such a challenge for a lot of us now is because if you read, you'll figure out everything. Think about people that like read books. They're typically, they just read for fun. They're smart. They're able, they know stuff that you're like, why do you know that? How do you know that? They're very well prepared and honestly very well versed to do life as a whole. So I wholeheartedly believe that's why it's important for us to read. Now it's also important for us to write because A, it does make you money. Um, but most importantly, books outlast you. Tish. I mean, rational legacies. Think about rational wealth. Like some of the books that have been changed, that have changed our lives. You mentioned Miles Monroe, the Bible, the Quran. These are all books that have, guess what, been passed on. The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. If you can think of it, I got a book right here, The Gucci Man Guide to Greatness. I'm not sure if you can see it right there. Like books change, books transform your life and they live forever. And that's also, uh, that's the biggest reason I believe that for those of us who feel charged and called to write, write your story, pin your intellect, pin your resource, like do it with your manual. I don't care if it's something for how to be a better administrative assistant or it's real estate, understanding the real estate market, whatever it is, pin it, put it in paper. Because yes, it does become another stream for you, but most importantly, you're allowing yourself to live forever. Um, because once you're in the grave or, you know, or, or in, a, in a urn, you, your physical body's done, but your works, your words, dude, they can be felt for centuries. And that right there is like, your story can be changing people's lives for 125 years at this moment. And you could have been long gone dead, but guess what? Not only is it transforming their life, but every time somebody purchases your book, it is an investment back into you for what you poured out. My first book that I wrote five years ago, um, 60 Days of Devotion for the Understanding Disciple. That book started off as 365 text messages to my line, brothers, because when I was really on this thing, I got newly saved. I was like, everybody around me got to find God. And so I would give a little scripture and then give a two to three minute little encouragement message underneath that. And I sent that to my line, brothers, for a year. It started off with just me sending it out to them. And when I finally stopped after a full year, I was sending that message to about 275 people. And most of them I did not know. Wow. People were like, oh, my friend needs this. I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add them to, can I, can you add them to this? Can you add them to that? Or, you know what? I'm just gonna start copying and just putting it in my own friend circle. So there's no telling how big that reach was. But let me tell you the truth about that. When I launched, when I launched my book, when I took those, rewrote them, repackaged them and like turned it into just 60, I sold 525 copies of my book in the first probably seven to 10 business days. At the time, I didn't have that many followers on Instagram. I don't even think I had that many Facebook friends, but it was like that fast. It was like, people were like, oh my God, I was, you were getting those messages. Oh, he got a book too. Let me order one. We were buying books and buying 10 books. I'm like, what are you doing with, what are you going to do with 10 books? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to give them to people at work. Or just little stuff like that. And I'm like, I still get paid from that book once a month from Amazon to this day. People just buy it. That book has gone to countries that I can't even pronounce, workplaces that I cannot even spell. Most of them I have to be like, where is that? And I go, I'm like, that Amazon there? Like, wait, how did they find this? Like, that really is, that is honestly where I am. I'm like, this is wild. 
Glory to God. This is crazy, right? But it just goes to show you, like, and also with that, me writing that first book, that devotional, allowed me to see that there was so much more in me that needed to be penned. And so my first book was a devotional. Then our next three or four were business-based, how to jumpstart your social media. Uh, one was called For the Purpose Chaser, which I think is like my my best work. And it's the shortest book I ever written. I think it's like 10 pages, but it helped people to understand and to unlock purpose and to uncover what purpose is for them. Because my philosophy is that people are in search of purpose. Like it's like this mystical land, like the one in Shrek, like Never Neverland or whatever it's called. Like, But it's not that purpose is you it's here and i believe most of us that are searching for purpose are standing in the middle of purpose and just don't see it you don't see it we're searching for something doing everything in the world to find this thing called purpose but we're standing right in the middle of it and so my book with that one i was making people answer questions like okay i think one of the best questions you can ask answer when it comes to being a purpose chaser in search of purpose is what is not purpose for me People don't think that. They think, what is my purpose? And I'm like, no, let's go back. Let's stop. Before you answer that question, what is not purpose for you? Because if you can label and identify what is not, then you can you narrow that list of 20 down to five things. And then you're able to really put your energy and your heart and your, your investigative skills and research into those three things instead of trying to decipher through 20 things because you know how to do this or you know how to do this. You know, little things like that. And also that went on. Now I'm working on my first ever full out self-help book. Um, I've got, I don't know, all kinds of stuff on there. Ebooks on how, how to fail as an entrepreneur. I love that one because I pretty much just took 12 of my lessons of how I failed in my first two years of entrepreneurship. And I'm pretty much, I'm like, if I can tell you what I did and what does not work, all you got to do is do the opposite. <laughs> yep. If I can give you the, the plan on how to fail, Winning and success should be easy. Just don't do what I did, you know. Um, but in, in even like so, basically, I set up all that to say that writing that first book, um, even though I didn't even mean to, it started off as text messages, really helped me to uncover and open up different places and spaces and even opportunities. Because from that first book, I learned about self-publishing. I had to figure it out. And so now I help people self-publish their books so they can get all their money, get all their royalties, but it all stemmed from me being charged by a lady that I was that I knew older woman she was like you should make a book and I'm like I don't know how to do that how do I do that and so I figured out how to do that and now I help people who are like hey listen I wrote I met with a guy yesterday he has four books he's written he said they're just sitting on my computer I really had no idea what to do with them I just wrote them because I feel like I was just supposed to write them and I was like perfect send them to me Let's go ahead and get, get all four in process. So that way you can release four books at whatever point in time when you want to. But guess what? It'll be done. It'll be edited. It'll be formatted. The book cover will be ready. And then you can do it at your own leisure. So writing is, is, is great. And you're not limited when it comes to writing. You could write books that are autobiographies. You could write books that could easily turn to screenplays. Most people don't even realize that a lot of our Netflix series and a lot of these shows that we are loving and, and, and diehard fans of, started off as books man started off as little excerpts writing a screenplay i hosted a free um writing gathering a free workshop last during covid because i recognize a lot of us got time at home we got books in us join us for this hour of power where we simply just get on zoom and we all write work at the same time because you know we aren't able to go to starbucks we aren't able to go to coffee shops so getting in the place or the space where people are working was was difficult we are all locked in the house so i was like let's all get on zoom i'm gonna have a music playing in the background everything's gonna be on mute we all just gonna write together 
You're working on your screenplay. You're working on your devotional. You're working on your autobiography. I'm working on my self-help book. 60 people join that. And for a month, we, uh, for a month, every day at 12, no, from 12 to 1, during the typical lunch hour, we just wrote. If they had questions, I answered them. But that's what we did. Because I'm recognized then, like, it's important for you to get what you have in your mind and your heart on paper because it can change the game for you. It changes the world for you. Having a book and will naturally help you to position yourself. Remember, branding is all about positioning. But having that book helps you to be positioned as a subject matter expert. Man. Man, that well deep, man. That well deep. That well super deep, man. You fall, you, somebody falling there. You. That's it. But so that kind of stuff, you, people don't people don't recognize that it adds so much value when you have when you allow yourself to do things. Because also in the midst of it adding value, you really start to dig deep and you will say, "Man, I didn't think that me writing my book that were just text messages." was going to cause me to have to learn how to self-publish, understand that process, figure it out. I didn't think that me not being, wanting to have this business and have, wanting to kind of have a place for people to go online to look for vision birthers, uh, I, didn't, I couldn't afford to pay somebody $2,000 for a website. So I got on Wix and I figured it out. I was like, I don't want one of these templates. I would rather just figure this thing out. I didn't think that was going to turn into three and a half, four years later, we're doing websites for companies and organizations and corporations that we can't even put our name on. Because it's like, I'm like, oh, sure. No need to put our name on it because you just offered me $10,000 for a website. And I'm like, we only charge a thousand for, you know, for a large website like this. But it's like, sure, you know, but all of that came from me just kind of step, taking one step and taking the next step, taking the next step. And now I've, I've learned new skills. I picked up new skills along the way. Now I'm able to help people all the way around simply off of me. First, by being willing to make that step into uncharted territory and then boom. Powerful, man. Powerful, man. Powerful, powerful, powerful. The the, the black store, you know, yes. I've seen it. You, you had one like black woman get black women make it happen. Make shit yep. happen. And the talk talk to us about that. And I saw you had some other, you know, designs yeah. and talk talk to us about that, the success of that, like the journey. What what what, what was the spark to be like, you know what, I want to start a clothing. Yeah, man, like that's so crazy. So honestly, the black store had been in my iPhone notes probably two and a half, three years. Wow. Um, just sitting. I uh, didn't have a name for it, but I had uh, the concepts, the t-shirts, all that stuff that I've been starting to release now has been sitting in my notes for two and a half years now on my phone, just sitting, not doing anything. Um, and it all stemmed because I'm a t-shirt wearer. I'm not really the fashion person. You know, I, I think I do okay when I have to go somewhere, but if it's up to me, t-shirt, sweatpants is always going to be my go-to. And with that being said, I was, so I, I would always, if I saw a t-shirt with a dope slogan on it or just liked it, I'm like, let me get that, let me order that. I, I find, I buy t-shirts off, off Amazon almost every day. Amazon, Instagram, I'm like, I got, y'all got to stop with these paid ads because you're getting $20 here and $25 here and I got all this stuff coming. I'm like, but um, I was I was a t-shirt guy and I was like, cool, you know, I'm just going to put some things in my notes. Eventually, maybe one day I'll get these printed for me. When I released my first book, I had a t-shirt for me. People were like, oh, I want that. And I was like, well, I only have one, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Sell them. So I got a t-shirt. People, I see people on Instagram still with that t-shirt. Five years later, and I can't even find mine and they still have theirs. But needless to say, so that's where the Black Story, the Black Stove eventually started off, just as like me wanting to have some t-shirts. Um, but also at the end of last year, so last year, 
even though it was a pandemic, uh, and you mentioned this er- word earlier, um, that I, I love it. I was telling myself that every day last year, I'm recession proof. Because mm. even though the world was quote unquote crumbling, Coach Evan Vision was going up, 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 up. Um, I made the most money I've made in my entire business career last year. To the point I had to hire, I had to get my CPA. I had to restructure everything about my business to end last year because at that point I was literally in a new tax bracket. <laughs> like, thank God, okay, man. Thank, thank you, Lord. You know, so I was like, All right, my little business is no longer a little business. It's a real thing, and I need to treat it as such. So, uh, and then grown up, it, it grown up to come up. <laughs> and so, uh, with that, it showed me that I had a lot more in me, and that. I was aiming too low and dreaming too low in that I'm pushing everybody else to jump and to move and to do. And there are things that are just sitting in my phone that are undone. And so I went through my phone and like start to see a, a conglomerate of stuff that I just put down as ideas, wrote out little semi plans for nothing deep, just in my iPhone notes. And that t-shirt line, the t-shirt line was something that I was like, you know what? I should do that. I know enough about drop shipping. I know enough about marketing and running. I know how to do this stuff. I'm just going to do it. And so I started November, bought my domain and I was like, what do I want to name it? And I ended up talking to my grandmother one day and she, uh, I'm from the South. I'm from Atlanta. My family's from the middle of Georgia. So they're from the country. My grandma said, I'm going to go to the store. I'll call you back. And I said, here it is. The black store. Because I knew what I wanted was, was for us, for me, for people that look like me, people that have my skin complexion, that have my story. Um, and then, you know, nothing personal, but it's just what it is. Um, uh, and it started from there. I bought the domain. I said, cool. Let me figure this out. I started putting my designs together. I said, okay, you know what? I'm not going to put it through my website. I'm going to make it its own thing. So that way, when it blows up and when Meg the Stallion has on my black woman, make shit happen. Hey. I believe she's going to get one. I was like, oh, speaking into it. That's it. I was like, I want it to be its own thing. And so that's really what it is, man. I set up that drop shipping account with Printful built the website in Shopify, put the t-shirts out there. Um, in the midst of all of this, we are seeing black women change the world. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. Um, um, in Georgia, I'm from Georgia, Stacey Abrams. She literally turned the state that has always been red, blue. It was like one of the first times in probably like modern history. So just seeing that, and on top of that, my mom, my sister, my homegirls, my cousins, I'm around black women who make shit happen every day. And I was like, that's it. I was like, that's the one. Um, and especially in the age of the stage of life where black women are rising up and unapologetically being beautiful, being brilliant, being movers and shakers. I'm like, this is it. This is the time I'm going to give an ode to my mama. So I'm going to give an ode to everybody else. So um, that's where that design came from. Dude, that's been the most popular thing on my website. Uh, and I got stuff for everything from Saints for to um, if you're an NPHC, Kappa Delta. But that right there has been purchased by women and men everywhere because it's like, why not get it old to? Exactly. They brought us into this world. They keep our lives together. They keep our families together. They make our life make sense. Black women make shit happen. And I wanted to celebrate them um, continuously, but that was one of the, the feature products. But at the end of the day, it all started by me just, man, willing to jump out there. It's my newest baby. Uh, I believe it's going to be some great things. I really do believe that Meg the Stallion is going to Speaking have a into existence. Speaking uh, into existence. I already believe I'm one conversation away. And listen, I DM celebrities like I'm their friend all the time. So I'm like, one of these days, somebody's going to open this theater and make them like, Yo, this dope. I'm going to order one. And then boom. Now, my little t-shirt business has become the thing that not just made me money, but now I have the opportunity to employ somebody else. 
Like, I'm not out here trying to make a bunch of money just to go on trips and buy expensive stuff. No, I'm doing what I'm doing because I want to be able to give somebody else a job. Yeah, and I, think- them, I can give them a job. And in the midst of that job, I'm able to talk to them about purpose, life, business. And so now they get a chance to be firsthand, to see how something works, to be inspired, but most importantly, get what they need to go out there and do the same thing for themselves and do the same thing I'm doing. Like I went from working by myself for two and a half years. I got five employees. God is good. I'm trying to see a way that I'm just trying to figure out a way to, to hire my mom. I don't know what she's going to do, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, so I'm like, I believe that when you give people opportunity and when you create for yourself and then give people opportunity to be a part of that, whether that, whatever that looks like, that is what changes the world, man. I, my team has went from one to two to three to now we at five, about to be six and seven. Uh, and I'm like, I'm blessed and honored, but I recognize that part of my call and my call and my job and my mindset is, and it's for business owners, look to grow people, bring them on your team, not just to grow your business, but for you to grow them. Mm. Some of my first, my first slew. Oh man. Grow, let, let them help you grow your business, but you have to be intentional about you growing them. I had a um, first team member. Uh, her name is Akila. Her name on Instagram. If you guys follow her, she is Akila. She's an amazing branding company. Um, she is brand and she is brilliant. She's phenomenal. She's talented. She's great. But we started off. She, I was like, Akila, I got this thing. You're great. I think that you're amazing. I want you to just jump on and help me. She's she was new. She was fresh out, still in college, just looking to make some side money. Didn't really take, you know, did not realize the potential of who she really was, but I saw all that. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Not only am I going to help you make some money, I want to groom and push you to go out here and thrive. Now Akila is doing has branding packages that start at five thousand dollars. Gosh. And I'm like, three years ago, it was just her and I putting together websites for $200, you know, but just to see that, and, just, and she's all, she's my first success story, and but she's definitely not my last. I've had two or three others that have kind of transitioned on to do some great stuff. And I'm like, I knew that when I did that and I structured that in my mind and said that to be my philosophy, you're not here to help me grow my business. I'm here to help you grow you. I said, God is always going to bless me. He's going to bless my efforts. He's going to bless my businesses because I'm not out here just trying to make money for me. I'm trying to enhance and build the next man or woman. Man. So if, you're looking, if you're looking to figure out how to grow your business, go into it with the mindset of, of great. Hey, those that are helping, that are going to help me, that are going to be a part of my team, are going to be a part of my, my journey in this thing. I'm going to let them help me grow my business and I'm going to help grow them. Set you up for a blessing. Man, so powerful. So as we start to wrap up, that kind of goes into, you know, a couple of the points, you know, talking about the relationship with God and Mm -hmm. you've plugged into that source in Mm -hmm. order to, you know, navigate the trenches and directories of life. But I also wanted to talk about one key thing too, as well, you know, with business, with books, everything is marketing. You know, how do you, because obviously when you do good business by people, there's word of mouth. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, he do the, Hey, you know, she do this. Yeah. Let me give you the number. But in terms of that too, as well, what are some of the techniques? Do you you run Facebook ads? Are you doing posters, flyers? Are you sending out um, cards? Like, Mm -hmm. How do you uh, market your business? But I think in addition, we see authors, they want to put out a good book, but they also don't want it to end up, you know, falling on this yeah. place. Like, how do you, how do you help them market their books and how do you like market your business and the businesses that you're doing in order to, you know, get yeah. a tent brand awareness? 
Yeah. Um, so I think for the, to answer both of those uh, with this one word, and I'll start there, is consistency. Um, marketing is going to require consistency. You know, if you take any kind of business course, especially business psychology courses, they'll tell you that the average consumer needs to see something at least seven times before they make a decision to purchase. That's why when you're on Facebook and you see the ads on the right hand and left hand side of Delta, of ASOS, of uh, the van store, every website that you've been, it pops up on the side because they're that's guerrilla marketing. <laughs> your companies are paying for your cookies on your from your computer to make sure they put stuff, keep stuff in front of you, so that way you purchase. And so, with that being said, that's consistency, and, and you know, that's digital consistency. I gotta say this, man, because look, we, we, as a digital marketing company, I'm not even gonna lie, man. We are we one of them guys putting the retargeting uh-huh. on people. So once you see it. We following you around, yeah, like, and, <laughs> and it works. It, it really works. It works, and it, it really does. It does. Work. It so, does. but definitely consistency um, with anything, especially for authors, and even for those who are writing books or getting ready to launch out into the book arena. Um, it's a lot easier to sell when you have positioned yourself in front of people um, in general. It doesn't always have to be you position yourself in front of them to be a marketing coach or a real estate, whatever. But you have to be in front of people for people to purchase your book. People will buy your book out of loyalty. Mm. People are there. I support at least a black owned business every Sunday night. When I ride my money for the week, somebody's black owned business I'm ordering something from. Now, typically it's a t-shirt, uh, but whatever it is, this hat, black guy, based in love. Crown of wealth. Beautiful. I was like, I said, get that. I got the first one. I was like, oh, we got other colors. Get that. You know, but uh, it's all about consistency with that being said. Um, but consistency, consistency, consistency. And then, of course, putting your, allowing yourself to be in front of people. Um, people don't buy from companies or organizations. They buy from people. They buy from people. People sure. buy people. That's why, you know, things that attract people. For example, I went to Chick-fil-A this morning. People are known, they love Chick-fil-A, not because it's the best chicken and french fries ever, because it's not. But those at Chick-fil-A, they say what? My pleasure. It's personal. It, it gives the space for a personal connection. And when personal connection is there, people will always come back too. Uh, I One of the things I do to, to continuously grow my business, I respond to every DM sent, except of the weird ones, like the spam pages. But if somebody answer every DM, I still, no matter how successful I am, I still believe in going to get clients. A lot of entrepreneurs don't don't think like that. You've got to always be willing and ready to go get clients. So I'll sometimes be scrolling and I'll see people doing some stuff that's like really good or or just like has a great philosophy, great thought, may need a, you know, a little touch point or a little brush up. I'll sometimes give free advice or just put in there, hey, I'm, I got a, a marketing agency. We would love to recreate your website for you. Let us know if you're interested. I'll offer you 15% off. And this is not spam. My name's Daniel, by the way. You know, I do that because I recognize that a word of mouth is great. But who am I that I don't, I can't go get a client. I can't see someone with potential that needs a little strategy. If I see that your branding is all over the place, I'm not going to tell you your branding is all over the place. I may jump into your DM and give you a little tip or a little hint. Maybe something you've never heard of, maybe confirmation for you, you know, whatever it may be. And then that right there can start the conversation. And then that can do a strategy session. That could, and I'm even having to transition now from just offering individual strategy sessions to offering monthly packages for businesses and, and business owners and, and brand and brand influencers. 
because they're like, I want to continuously sit down. And I'm like, well, I'm a one-stop shop, like I'm in and out. And like, no, I want this consistently, but it's all, it's all about being willing to be what people need and go give it to them. Man. And emphasis on learning your lane. Because when you learn your lane, I can give you a tip on marketing and branding or social media. This is that Super Bowl yeah. ring, Coach, man. This is yeah. Coach with a couple of Super Bowl rings on his hand. I'll take, Let me I'll break take it down. I'm going go, I'm to take one and go pawn and then move to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all about consistency. It's all about willing, being willing to go the extra step. And, and I believe wholeheartedly in getting your clients. Um getting your clients all right last last question man i see when i went to the youtube and i was doing my research and everything you have this deep and earnest relationship with god that you build your foundation on and not only that but then you're, you're preaching so talk to us about why that's important to you how that has benefits benefited you in your life and what that has been able to allow you to do Oh man. Um, so yeah, I, I do believe in God wholeheartedly. He's the story side. I'm a church kid, grew up in church, played the drums, really acted my my mom and my parents made sure that I had a foundation to stand upon. You know, um, no matter what your belief system is or may be, I do believe that everybody needs a belief system, an active one. So that way you have something that keeps you rooted and grounded when life gets hard or when you're just going going through life. Not even when life gets hard, we're just matriculating through life as it is. Um, yeah, I am a preacher. Uh, I now try to do more speaking, quote unquote, but that's in me. It'll never leave me. Um, I can't do anything about it. But one thing's for sure, everything really does work together. Uh, I think I have been able to, I know I've been able to grow in my confidence as a speaker because at some point I was preaching. I was standing in front of strangers having to deliver a sermon or basically more importantly, give a message or pretty much sway public opinion to believe further what I'm sharing, what I'm teaching, and most importantly, giving you something that you can apply to your life for it to be better. Wow. That's the goal. That's the goal of a speaker is to give you something that you can apply to your life to make it better. So with that being said, it allowed me to kind of grow in my confidence in public speaking, um, finding out what works well for me, my teaching style, understanding what type of presentations I could or should not do, what works best for me, how people respond to me, all that kind of stuff. It stems from there. Um, but it's one of those great things about it with my belief system that everything that you do in life works together for your good. So it all kind of plays into a part of the big role. But yeah, God is everything to me. He's everything. He's the source. He's the strength. He's the guidance. He, he's the peace. He's everything. And I appreciate that. Um, and I am now even just in full transparency. I am learning how to be okay with navigating in business and still being a man of God. You know, um, it's like, you know, it's challenging. It can be very challenging because the world is, the world is not, everybody in the world is not a Christian. Um, and we, and they're not going to be, and that's okay. But learning how to, because my business was built on foundationally because of my faith. So I can't remove that part from it. But I'm even like, I'm learning how to navigate through certain spaces or settings because I'm going to work with atheists one day. Probably, I'm actually work, probably working with some now. I'm going to work with corrupt business owners and corrupt politicians. And that's okay, but it's like I get a chance to go in, be me, offer great solutions, and, and do what I'm supposed to do. But then at the same time, be a light. So. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Thank you, man, yeah. for the, the, the. I talk about Super Bowl coaching in here. Like, yo, get your head in the game. Like, I'm talking about like, this right here, we we're gonna install a cash drawer. We're gonna oh, go through the Instagram and the YouTube because 
the tips need to be coming in here with the kind of value experience that you dropped in this is crazy but is there anything you know your links your programs oh, yeah. your courses you know this you know go ahead you know let the audience know i'm gonna drop all the links okay you know it's, this is going up on youtube it's going to go across all the directories too as well but not nah, please you know let yeah definitely i thank you so much for having me um for you guys that are watching i hope this has helped you um, gave you something to think about, gave you something to restart, to redo, or it motivated you, encouraged you. Whatever it did, I know it did something, and I'm glad about that. Um, you can connect with me on Instagram, my name on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's all Coach AF. It's Coach AF. Um, on Facebook, of course, it's just Coach AF. Um, my website is CoachEv.com, C-O-A-C-H-E-V.com. Um, I'm on YouTube, Coach Ev. You can watch some of my videos that I've done there. I've got a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um yeah, I, I'm here for you. If you don't hear anything else today, hear that I am here for you. Uh, I recognize that you have a lot on the inside of you and you probably just need to start. And sometimes you need some direction and clarity on how to start. Or you may be in a space or a season where you need to hit refresh and go a different direction. And guess what? It's okay. I'm your guy. Uh, me and my amazing team are willing to help you do everything from bring your vision to life with starting a business, growing your business, uh, growing your endeavor, no matter what it may be, to also re presenting that to the world like but the virtual headquarters aka websites flyers or pinning your story and get your story to the world we also have that um not only do i believe in being a service i do all believe in helping people do it for themselves so especially for those who may be considering writing a book or maybe writing a book and having some issues i have what i think is my best product created ever it's a packet called book writing made easy um, I believe wholeheartedly that writing a book will not be the hardest thing you ever do in life. It should not. I promise you, you're harder you all the time. Yeah, you write captions, you write text messages. Like writing a book is not going to be the hardest thing you have to do, but it does require some structure and some intentionality. And I basically package everything I've learned through self-publishing and having a publishing company and helping people write their books um, as their writing coach into a packet so that you're able to take it and do it on your own. Um, so you can get that on my website as well. And also I've got some amazing, and I'm not just saying it because it's me. I'm saying it because I study, I take courses, I learn marketing trends. I learn what's going on to represent that to my customer base and my clientele. But I have courses on there on content creation. Um, if you're looking to strategize your business and that kind of stuff, we're looking to kind of clarify your message um, because messaging is everything. I know we didn't really talk about that, but when it comes to making money online, messaging is everything and often um, we just don't have a message or our message is not clear to us. So therefore, it's not going to be clear to others. And if you don't have a good message and your message isn't clear, you'll never make millions. Message first, million seconds. So um, that's me. I'm Coach Ed. I appreciate you all. Definitely connect with me. Join my newsletter on my mailing list. You get an automatic pop out of my first ever step stab at a self-help book. Um, it's a great read and it'll help you out and I've got some great stuff coming up this year that I would love for you to be a part of or if you're looking to support my t-shirt store my t-shirt line the black store t-h-e-e-b-l-k-s-t-o dot com it's something on there for everyone for everybody y'all heard coach himself if you're interested in your brand and get yeah. off the ground your business if you want to give birth to your vision uh-huh. like if you listen to the podcast, don't sit back and be like, you know what? I'm a, you know, I'm just nah. Just take that action because at the end of the day, your future self is going to thank you. Oh yeah, it, it sure is. The best thing you can do is to invest in. You.
invest in you and there you have it masterminders until the next episode until the next show appreciate it man and i'm gonna leave all the links so check that out go hit him up send him a dm like check out his content yo like his content is is dope go follow him just go consume some of that and till next time Hey, I appreciate you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast. Again, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, T-O-L-U-O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. And blow up my inbox, man. I need to hear your suggestions, feedback, people I need to interview next, topics I need to cover. Again, I appreciate all y'all. And while you're at it, you might as well go to Apple and drop that review. Let's get it. Rah.